Jasmine and Beauty Podcast starts right now. Let's get to Dan now, though. Dan, you're on with Jake and Jake. It's your show. Are you back in Ithaca? How was the drive back? And can we hear you? Do you have good cell phone service for once? Well, you should be able to hear me now. I do hear you. I hope it's pretty clear. It's crystal clear, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. What did you? What a win for the Jets today. It really was. Uh, it really was a great win. Uh, you know, come back from ten points in the fourth quarter. Uh, really, unlike uh, the Jets we've seen really in the last six, seven years, come back like that, ten points down. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. Dan, when you're in the crowd and see a Giant fans, you got cut off when you were uh, talking about the crowd disparity. It was mostly Giant fans. We gathered that being in the crowd was it just big blue everywhere. Oh yeah, it was it was a sea of blue. It was scattered Jeff fans. I think would be the best thing to say about it. The Jeff fans were really scattered. Dan, Dan, how many Jets fans did you hug after the Jets uh, won the game? Well, it's funny you ask. You know, during the game, you know, I was sitting next to a uh, you know next to Giants fans. But I was telling Jake earlier, the Giants fans really cleared out uh, when the Giants took a twenty to ten lead. I would say there was about six or seven minutes left in the game, and. Everyone really left. Giant fans left. They left. And I you know, with Jeff Sane came down and was sitting next to me and really just me and him were just we were having a blast the last, you know, six minutes of, re- of regulation and then overtime. And I jumped into his arms. It was it was unbelievable. It was a, a heck of a win. And, you know, I was behind the, the giant field goal. So when uh, you know, when when uh when the kick was missed, I was right there and it was it was fun to watch. It was really exciting. So you had a good view of it I mean uh going what was it? It was uh wide right. So you had a good view of that. Uh, yeah, I had a, uh, had a great view of the kick. It was I saw it go I saw it go wide and I'm like, That's it. So she wrote and I and I said, I'm like, I don't think Josh Brown missed a field goal and then I looked it up and he did. That that was his first miss of the time. So he hasn't missed a field goal in almost a calendar year I saw on uh social media earlier. Dan, as a Jeff fan being in the building, when they were down 20-10, to 10, knowing the way I know you, you probably thought, just like I did, they had no chance. And then after the Rontez-Miles interception, I still didn't think the Jets were, were capable of scoring 10 points to tie this game up. Well, I agree with you. I think um, when they, you know, when the, the way the first half went with the Jets was just so typical. They had a couple of good drives. You know, the Giants scored on the, 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 the uh, punt return, and then the big play to Beckham, you know, that's 14 points that are pretty, you know, you make one tackle on Beckham, you make, God, they missed so many tackles on Dwayne Harris. And how about Chris United. Ivory, Dan, fumbling after the punt return, they get the ball back, Chris Ivory fumbles, sets up the Giants with excellent field position inside the Jets' 20-yard line, Jets' defense, to their credit, holds them to just three, but this is a Jets' special teams unit and Jets' offense led by Chris Ivory in that particular situation, that spotted the Giants' 10 points. No, that's exactly right. They really spotted the Giants 10 points, and it was so frustrating to watch. I was texting you, you guys at halftime, and I'm like, you know, this is the same old story. They spotted a uh, team 10 points, and really against, in my opinion, uh, you know, you look at the Giants, they got a bad offensive line. They lost flowers during the game. Their secondary is garbage, and the year the Jets are down by 10 against half, at halftime, and you're really because of two plays that you know, they make one tackle on Beckham. I know, you know, that guy is unbelievable. But, you know, they make a tackle on him. And then if they could bring down Dwayne Harris and they, you know, their special teams doesn't, doesn't, doesn't shoot themselves in the leg, you know, that's 10 points. You know, and then on the fumble, the field goal, you know, that's some points that, you know, you gave the Giants. So, you know, fortunate for the, enough for the Jets, the Giants went for it there on, 
on fourth and two at, at the goal line, and I really didn't get the call. I would have just taken three points. They went for it, and the Miles interception really, I thought, was a turning point in the game. I think at that point, the momentum swung from the Giants to the Jets, and, and the Jets were able to put it together, which was finally nice to see. Some big plays in the air. It was, it was really exciting. They didn't, you know, they didn't settle for, uh, for, f- for five, ten-yard plays, and they were so efficient on third down today. I had a third down and started in the first quarter. Third and 15, pitch rolling out of the pocket, hit Decker for a first down. You know, Right out of the gate, they were very confident on third down. And even into overtime, uh, Jake, you were talking about it before, that big completion, I think it was third and four uh, to Decker to put them inside the 10. Well, those are big plays that the Jets made on third down. And, you know, that it really was a difference in the game. But, you know, it really was a very exciting game. And uh, thank God the Jets won. They need this win. They could not fall to six and six with the way the AFC is playing out. They need the seventh win to be seven and five. And they're right in the thick of things in the AFC wild card. And one thing I saw said a couple of times on Twitter, and I think you said it, Jake, as well, that this game reminded everybody so much of the 2011 game where the Jets really dominated the early part of this game. I think yards at one point it was like 150 something for the Jets to 50 for the Giants. But the Jets made a couple of big mist- uh, uh, mistakes on big plays. The punt return, obviously, the Victor Cruz play. It was so bad. I think that's such a great point, Jay. It was so bad to a point where I tweeted, Cruz 99 in yeah. 2011, Beckham 72 in 2015. We know what happened in 2011. The Jets never recovered. But somehow, they were able to pitch a shutout defensively in the second half. And I know the Giants had their chances, Dan, and we were talking about it on the show earlier. I mean, Tom Coughlin going for two, or going for the, the touchdown at the end there on the fourth and two, I thought that was a terrible call. I said it at the time, and you know the Jets as well as I do, Dan. If, they, if the Giants kick a field goal and they go up 23-10 to 10 on the Jets, do you have any confidence in this Jets offense to be able to get not one but two touchdowns? I thought it was a terrible call. I thought it was a brutal call, and I said at the time, like you, I, I'm, I was sitting there, and I'm like, why are you, kick, why are you going for it? Take the 13-point lead. You're basically up two touchdowns. The Jets are a team that can't really have shown, unfortunately this season, has shown, you know, when they go, when they go down by triple, they go down by uh, three scores, uh, three, three possessions, you know, they're not going to win the game. They're, they're just not going to win the game. They're not, they're not a good enough of an offense to, uh, to, to recover, to, to, to come back from three scores down. They're, they're not good enough to do that. So I would have taken the three points. I thought it was a very bad coaching decision. And I thought, um, the, you know, just the mild interception as a play really just swung the momentum around. At that point, I was like, well, you're still only down by 10 points. I texted you at halftime, Jake, and I said, somehow the Jets are only down by 10 points. They should be, you know, the Giants couldn't take advantage of any opportunities the Jets defense gave them in the first half. And then the second half, their defense just played phenomenal. And when Flowers went down, the pressure came so much to Eli. I mean, they really put a lot of pressure and, you know, they finished tackles. I think, uh, you know, I, I thought Cromartie had a great game. He did, and um, not a lot of people were talking about it. Cromartie was really good today, and really well. oh, yeah. I thought and, Screen and played pretty well, too. Hands full. They they did, and they had their hands full with OBJ. And besides that big, you know, the 72-yard touchdown, you know, I thought they kept him in check pretty good. I, I thought they bust, they they, uh, they hit him early on the line of scrimmage. I thought they uh, they did a good job getting enough pressure to, uh, to Eli in the second half, where a lot of those OBJ routes didn't develop. And you guys talked about this earlier. I mean, Eli's looking at o- Odell Beckham, and if it's not there, he's got nowhere else to go with the football. Who's beating you on the Giants? Who else is beating you? Exactly, and that was the thing. I think that was the thing is I think the Jets, through the game, realized, or not, maybe not even realized, but they really put into effect that they're getting a pass rush, and they're not letting those routes of, of Odell Beckham Jr. and giving Eli enough time to, for those routes to develop. 
he's not he's not getting the ball to anyone else. And I, I you know, I can't even besides Will Ty, who caught the big play, the big four yard uh, first down for the Giants, and Odell Beckham. I I don't even know if another Giant had a catch. That's how I mean. I know they targeted Ruben Randall a couple of times. I don't think he had a grab. It's just it's yeah, two for twenty two yards. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just such a one dimensional offense. And um, you know it really showed in the second half when the Jets brought a lot of pressure. And you know when 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 um, when Flowers went down, the Jets brought a lot of pressure, and it got to Eli. And you know I was talking about this, uh, you know, with a couple of Jet fans that were in the crowd that I was sitting next to. You know, when you put pressure on Eli Manning and you force him to move, like his brother, he's very vulnerable. And the Jets did a great job of doing that in the second half. And you know, we almost killed them. I mean, oh my God, the running into the punter. I mean that was I mean I done by I, guess who Dan Stonehenge who, who was it I, I, it was Cumberland know. who ran into the oh, to, to the punter yes, of course I knew, I didn't see who it was who ran into him it was on the other side of the field but um, you know that was I mean I said I said oh my God if they call roughing the punter I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to hang myself off the end of MetLife Stadium I mean the game would have been I came pretty close 15, myself it was, it was a fifteen it would have been a fifteen yard penalty luckily enough for the Jets. You know, we're fourth and six. The five-yard penalty still had the Giants at fourth down, so they got very fortunate there. And I mean, the Jets had so many bad penalties today. I mean, really, they did. And that's something I think they, you know, we keep saying they got to clean up, but some brutal penalties. I mean, the pass interference play that put the Giants at the half-yard line. Um, they just did too many. That the Giants, they had, you know, fortunate enough, they held the Giants to a field goal there, but you know. They just the penalties really killed the Jets today. They, re, they really did. And they the big big reason why they went down ten uh, twenty to ten. I mean, and what was so crazy was in that third quarter, I, the Giants had that wet, that first drive of the third quarter felt like it was forever. They took off so much time on the clock, and when they didn't score, uh, you know, and, that, and they had that play, the uh, the momentum really swung in the building. And, and Dan, they how, really did. And how about this from the Jet standpoint? And when was the last time they had this big of a regular season win in December? You have to go all the way back to the 2009 and the 2010 seasons when this team was competing for a playoff spot and they got in. Uh, but the performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick today, 36 of 50, 390, two touchdowns, biggest stat, no interceptions for the second consecutive week. The Jets, who have not had big-time quarterbacking play since Joe Namath was the starter the past two weeks, Brian Fitzpatrick, we said it earlier, I'll say it to you on the phone, he cemented himself as this team's starter. I don't care what he does the rest of the way. You're never going to give the job to Geno Smith. It's his team now. He was tremendous last week. He was tremendous again today. And his connection and his chemistry with Brandon Marshall is unbelievable and just, I cannot believe a Jet quarterback almost threw for 400 yards, not in a loss, in a win. Fitzpatrick threw 50 times today, and the Jets won. Unbelievable. And the thing was, is, and you're right, his connection with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, uh, too, I mean, it, phenomenal. And when they, you know, that touchdown to tie with 27 seconds left, I mean, picture perfect. You know, jump ball, Brandon Marshall, and I said, he's so athletic, he's so big, he's got such a big wingspan, he can get up and catch, he really can beat any corner in the league vertically. How do you he guard really that? He really can. You it's can't tough. guard him. And then, you know, you know, and, and you said they had 11 throw, uh, 12 throws to him, 11 catches. Well, get, that's the thing, is when, the, when he catches the ball, the Jets win. It's really that simple. When he, you know, Eric, you know, we've seen, you know, Eric Decker have some good games and the Jets lose. When Brandon Marshall has good games, the Jets win. Because they're scoring points, and he's so effective in the red zone. And you know, I thought Fitz was phenomenal today. You know, and, and again, no turnovers. That's the big stat. 
no turnovers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is we've always talked about he's good at being average. He's an he's been an average NFL quarterback for most of his career, but this year he's been above average. And for Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy that's known for throwing turnovers and throwing interceptions and fumbling footballs, whatever the case may be. They go two consecutive weeks without an interception, and two games the Jets had to win to keep their season, their wild card hopes alive. He was money. He was tremendous today. And I'm telling you, Dan, if Geno Smith or any of the other quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez, whoever, will start at quarterback for the Jets, they don't win this game. Fitzpatrick was that good today. He was phenomenal. He was on. He was on fire. And I think what was so good also about him, and I said this before, the effectiveness of the Jets today on third down was so big. Six and not, not just in the air. You look to Fitz, I, I think it was the Jets had a third and seven, third and eight uh, in the first half, and, you know, Fitz pocket broke, Fitz scrambled for 13 yards and picked up the first down. You know, it's just the little things that he did today um, It was were huge, were really huge, and he was so effective in the air today. And, you know, you really had confident, confidence when, when he was dropping back today and throwing the ball over the middle of the field. And, you know, they didn't, you know, one thing about the Jets offense that is so true over the, you know, for as long as I've been watching the team and, you know, before, even before Rex was there, uh, when Chad Pennington was the quarterback, when they move up and down the field, it's methodically, you know, it's so slow. You know, they'll run for a couple of yards, they'll run, you know, it's so, I mean, today, they, they, there was no BS today moving up and down the field. They took advantage of a bad secondary today, and especially in that second half when they had to score a touchdown. And I said this to you when I first called up earlier. It was a situation, the first situation all year, where the Jets had to score a touchdown, where you needed a touchdown, and they scored it. And they scored it. And they moved up the field so quickly. Bing, bing, bing to, to bing, 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 uh, to Decker, to Marshall. And it was, it was great to watch. And Dan, I thought the biggest thing that Fitzpatrick did today, the biggest play of this game, final drive, Jets need a touchdown, fourth and six. And he scrambles and picks up a first down. Oh, Play- huge. Buffalo Wild Wings went nuts. I went nuts. That yeah, was unbelievable. And Fitzpatrick, to his credit, he did a much better job sliding today. And it just it's weird being a Jet fan talking about the performance of the starting quarterback when he put up these type of numbers and the significance of the numbers. Not that he threw two touchdowns and passed for 390. When he needed to make a throw, he made the throw. When a Jet wide receiver needed to make the catch, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and running back Bilal Powell had eight catches today. They were there to make the plays. It was phenomenal. It was a great effort after the offense really was stagnant for much of that first half. They didn't even score in the third quarter because they didn't even get a chance to get the ball the Giants had it the whole time. But when they needed points, they got them, something we're not used to saying. And for the Giants, Dan, I know you know, we always talk about how bad the NFC East is, but if the Washington Redskins lose tomorrow, you got the Dallas Cowboys at 4-8 and eight, and the other teams in that division all at 5-7. and seven. Oh, you're right. I mean, the Giants aren't out of anything you know, by any means, but you know, in the last two weeks with the way they've lost, and really the way they've lost games all season, it's really, if you're a Giants fan, it's frustrating to watch. I mean, this was a game for all intents and purposes. I mean, the Giants had a 20 to 10 lead, you know, with six, seven minutes left in the game. You gotta win a game like that. You know, when you're up by 10 points with under 10 minutes left, you really gotta win those games. And the Giants just have not been able to close out games this year. For whatever reason, they have not been able to do it. You know, there were some, uh, you know, a lot of questionable play calls, uh, on the last couple of weeks for the Giants. And today, you know, that fourth and two, I'm telling you, that was the difference in the game. When the Jets made that stop, it gave them life. It gave them life. Changed the whole game. If the Giants score a touchdown there or even kick a field goal, the game's over. I I was saying that. I'm like, this is it. I I thought there's no way the Giants weren't going to score there. 
because I thought they would, they, they would not go for it on fourth down. I thought they'd take the three points. And I'm telling you, the Jets would not have come back from 13 down. And it showed. They didn't score in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, they, they only put up 10 points. The Giants would have won the game. The field goal would have been it. That would have been it. But the momentum changed. And really, the Jets got the Jets needed a turnover there. They needed a stop, and they got it. And that was the difference. That gave that team life. And really, they took over the game from there. And Dan, you just told, and you just mentioned it. The Jets obviously only coming up with ten points in that fourth quarter. The Jets, right after that turnover, they moved the ball right down the field. I think they got into the red zone even before having to settle for three points. They would have had to probably go for it on fourth down there. I mean, that's probably well, the difference yeah, in the that, game. That right was there. A- well, that was the thing. Is at that point I said, "Well, here you go. You have, you got time on the clock, and now you're only down by ten points with still some time left." It, you know, I didn't think it was going to come back, but I thought, you know, the Giants gave them a little life, and boom, you know, they boom, 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 wasted no time moving down the field, got the field goal. Now it's a t- now it's a touchdown game, and their defense got to stop and got the ball right back. And the Jets, that was a great defensive stop they got. I think they, the drive that the Giants had was only like a minute and 25 seconds, something like that, and the Jets got the ball right back with plenty of time, you know, to move down the field and make a, you know, put the end of the, uh, the tying drive at the, end of the, at the end of the regulation. You're right, Dan. You made a great point. I mean, they go for it on fourth and goal at the uh... – I'm the, telling you, on they the Jet the four Giants yard line. They win. The Jets were dead. They win. You're they, absolutely they, right. They, the game is over. You, you, you know this win. offense as well as I do. They're uh, not built to come back down not. two it's, touchdowns. You don't have We've said it all year. It, when you don't have it, when you don't have a, a quarterback that that can that can really, you know, uh, that can move the ball quickly down. You need a gunslinger quarterback there. Rivas Patrick is not. It's not. It's not. It's not really a knock on fish. It's just like. When you have a quarterback that's not a gunslinger, that's not a guy that could quickly get you get on field. It's tough to come back from three scores in the fourth quarter. It's just it's you know it's tough. It's tough. There's just not enough time in the game. But you know the Giants. I mean, they felt. I guess that you're right. They were right. I mean, if they scored a touchdown there, made it a 17 point game. Then I mean that was it. But I also felt that they take the field goal there, took the three points. You know, the Jets were not going to come back from 13 points. They just weren't going to do it. And a point I wanted to make, Dan, you said it, or you alluded to it uh, just a second ago. Even after the Jets kicked the field goal, they still had to come up with a stop. And in the past, we've seen the Jets' defense not be able to come up with that stop to get the ball back to the offense. And even if they do get that stop, usually the other team's offense picks up a couple first downs and takes time off the clock, and the Jets would have to burn their timeouts. Instead, they go three and out, run up the middle to Darkwa, run up the middle again to Darkwa, no gain on both times. And on a third and six, actually, I'm sorry, they uh, got four yards on the second carry. And on a third and six, the Jets did a great job getting pressure on Eli forcing that incompletion to Shane Vereen, get the ball back, the rest is history. But the Jets' defense today, and we've been saying it, pitched a shutout in the second half, had the big interception on Eli on the fourth and two from the Jets' four-yard line, and then came up with the big three and out after the made field goal by Randy Bullock to get the ball back to Fitzpatrick in this offense. It was, yeah, and that, that was the thing. Their, their defense got that big stop, and that was huge, and that's why the running, oh, my God, they got the roughing into the kicker call, and that drive would have never happened, so... Now, luckily enough, it was, um, you know, the, the boneheaded play by Jeff Cumberland. You know, it didn't cost them. And uh, they were able to get the offense back on the field. It was really just, they moved it so well to tie the game, uh, to, to make it a, a touchdown game. And they, they did the same thing. They moved up the field so quickly on that giant secondary. Uh, they didn't waste any time. Fitz didn't waste any time. And it, it, was, it, was, it was great to see. And it was a game the Jets needed 
to win. And, and, and you know, that sideline jumped up so high in the air after, you know, that missed field goal happened. It was great to see. And, really, this is a game the Jets lose always. So, I mean, I, I couldn't believe they won. We've it, seen it, this it script was, so many different times. Heck, yeah, it, we, we really have. It was just a heck of a win. And and I think one thing is uh, is for sure is that, and that's going to give this team a lot of uh, just a lot of momentum going forward. The last four games of the season. I mean, this, you know, I think a game like this for the Jets happened at the right time. You have you don't have a lot of time in the season, uh, about a month left, and they're in prime position to make a playoff run at seven and five. So, you know, this was a definite, I think, confidence builder, a momentum builder. I mean, you know, to see uh, to see that have the way that locker room was at the end of that game. This team wanted this one badly. I think. Uh, they heard a lot during the week that the Jets don't have a lot of success against the Giants, usually, um, mostly always. And, and they got the, they did the job done today. They got the job done. And Dan, before we let you go, one thing that happened at the game today, tell us something besides the Jets winning. Was there one moment that you said, wow, this is amazing, or a funny thing that happened to you while you were at the game? What do you mean as far as, as, far as what? Uh, give us an experience. Obviously, the number one experience from the, the game was the fact that they won in the dramatic way they did. Anything else happen? Maybe a funny fan in your section, a funny chant, anything in the parking lot, a little pregame festivities? What what happened out there? Well, I, I, Jake, I was texting you this uh, after the game. Uh, you know, when 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 the Jets tied the game, I was so when the Jets tied the game at twenty, going into you must have been screaming. Uh, I was screaming. I, I couldn't believe they tied the game. I really could not believe that they put a drive together with limited time on the clock, uh, really a championship drive, a game winning, really just like. Tom Brady, yes. Put together just a great drive. Yeah, it really was. It was just one of those drives where you're like, wow, I can't believe the Jets scored. It was just, I can't believe they, they scored and tied the game going into overtime. Right before overtime started, I was sitting behind the Giants' field goal about, I don't know, six, seven rows up. And Tony Cromartie was back there to return. He's getting heckled by all these fans, you know, screamed at, cursed at, blah, blah, blah. So they were during a TV timeout. He's out there and he's stretching. I don't know, doing whatever he does. So, <laughs> so he, he, he's walking up at this section. And I yell, "Crow, Crow!" Hey, I'm like shades of Indian in 2011. And he looked up and gave me a thumbs up. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. It was, it was insane. It was insane. I was so close and it was so cool. And he gave me the thumbs up. It was great. And it was just. Uh, it was just an unbelievable. How close were you? That's pretty unbelievable. It was. It was really cool. You had some good seats, courtesy of uh, a good friend of yours. Am I right? Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was a great game. Who is it was this really friend? Great. Not 2011, 2010. I said 2010. 2010 playoffs. It was, you're right, though. It was. Uh, it was already 2011 when that did it happen. Was, I meant the 2010. Not the 2000. I meant the 2010, 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For those who don't remember, it was the the the, uh, the wild card round against Peyton Manning's Colts. Cromartie set up the game winning field goal by Nick Falk to send the Jets to the game against the Pats in New England. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Uh, it gave me the thumbs up. It was cool. And also, the, the, the touchdown to Powell. It was the first scoring drive in that, and it was really outside of the the, Mar- the, the Marshall touchdown. It was this Jet scoring drive. Um, it was this the other Jet scoring drive right in front of me, and Pow jumped at the end zone. You know, it was, it was insane. It was just insane. And, and like you know, again heckled by the Giants fan. It was cool because you know I've never been to a MetLife Stadium for a Giant home game in a regular season. That is. Was this you know, your first was, regular we, season football game, by the way? No, my um, my second. We went a couple of years ago against the Browns. Oh, right. We did go to Jets-Browns. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Because I, we would always go to the preseason game of Jets-Giants. I'm trying to remember if we ever went to a regular season NFL game together. 
well, we did Jets that Jets Browns game, but I said, but that the thing about that game was, is that was a good Jets won eight and eight that year, but they were already eliminated from contention. It was over. It meant nothing. The game meant, the game, they the were game fighting for nothing. Rex's job. That's what it was. This was great because it was it was it was such a big game for both teams. It really was like both both teams needed to win this week, and obviously playing each other, they couldn't. Both teams needed to win, and. You know, I'm just I'm just happy the Jets won. And you also you know. hate the Giants. I mean, you make no secrets about that. No, yeah, well, of course, and it made it that much sweeter. But you know, generally speaking, I think just 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 to get this win, to get to seven and five, with the way the AFC uh, wild card picture is, to be seven and five is where you want to be at this point. So and, they, they need to get there. And the Patriots lost today again as well. So it was unbelievable. an unbelievable Sunday as a New York Jet fan. Oh, it was great. And I, I, you know, the Pats just have been killed by injuries. At the receiver, and then, you know, with Deion Lewis, and you know, I know they had Amendola back, but he wasn't at 100. percent I couldn't believe the Eagles won. And Tom Brady, of all people, threw a 100-yard interception return. Unbelievable, right? It's great. I mean, football is unbelievable, man. It really is. Yeah, and on a week where Tom Brady is a 100-yard pick six, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is leading the Jets down the field with under <laughs> throws for 390 yards and a win. What's wrong with that picture? Oh my God! What a win for the Jets, man! Uh, I'll see you when I get back up to the apartment. Thanks for calling in. I'm sure you're exhausted. Uh, you had a busy day, but great win for the Jets. And obviously, season's still alive. And thanks for calling into the show, my friend. Of course, guys. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gusbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your GusBuster today. You are listening to the Asman and Beauty podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. Jake Asman alongside not Dan Budic, Dan traveling back. He might join us for the next hour of the show. We're on until midnight. Just open up talking about the Jets and the Giants a little bit. Our phone lines are open, 607-274-1842. From the Giants' standpoint, though, Jake, I know many of us on our crew here, I know we got Connor in studio, we got Reed, two big Giant fans. That was a brutal loss. And it won't kill them if Washington uh, loses tomorrow. But the past two weeks, the Giants had the opportunity to put a stranglehold on this division. They don't show up for three quarters in Washington. And today, you know, it was a miraculous win for the Jets. But the same things that have been plaguing the Giants all season long, especially in their secondary, came up and it blew their opportunity. And we said it at the Open, fourth time this season that they've lost after they've led in the final minute. I mean, that is just heartbreaking. Harp. Harp. I mean, this is a... Giants five and seven football team that could easily be the reverse, right? Seven and five at least. You know, I mean, we're talking four time, four time. I mean, they started the season with two just brutal losses. One against the Cowboys in the opener, the other one against the Falcons. I mean, these are just awful, awful losses. And again today, I mean, just the defense down the stretch in the fourth quarter. The Jets moved the football down the field on that final drive with ease, with absolute ease. And Brand Marshall is just not going to be stopping the red zone either. But it's just, it's a common theme throughout the season for the Giants. I think it's going to cost Tom, uh, Tom Coughlin's job. Well, certainly that decision to go for it at the end of the game there might be one of those things that you look back on and say, that's where Tom Coughlin has lost his way. It was a brutal decision, and I think most Giant fans felt the same way as it was happening. I know when we were watching the game with a bunch of Giant fans at Buffalo Wild Wings here in Ithaca, they had their hands on their heads saying, what are we doing? Kick the field goal, go up 23-10. 
But for the Giants, a lot of bad penalties today. It was just a sloppy game from their standpoint. The Jets didn't do much better early on. They made their Giants defense look a lot better than it actually was. I thought the Giants did a great job dominating the the, the time of possession in that second half. I mean, at one point, CBS showed a graphic of the Jets' possessions. We were into the fourth quarter, and the Jets, so, the Jets only had the ball twice in the second half at one point in the fourth quarter. But it just wasn't enough. The same things that have been plaguing the Giants all season long rear their ugly head again today, and it cost them. And unfortunately, if they don't win this division in the state it's in right now, it probably will cost Tom Coughlin his job. We had Bob Papa on, on Tuesday on the podcast, and we asked him what would have to happen for the Giants' head coach and their GM, Jerry Reese, to lose their job. Well, not winning this division in the state it's in when the Eagles at 5-7 and seven are now uh, percentage points ahead of the Giants and the Washington Redskins at 5-6 and six are still in first place. I mean, this division is just awful. And the 3-8 Dallas Cowboys will only be a game back if they beat the Redskins tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. It's a terrible division. And for the Giants to be where they are the past two weeks, as well as they played after they played uh, New England going into the bye week, it's shameful. They should be a lot better. They should have been able to find a way to win either last week or this week, and they haven't been able to get it done. You're talking about the time of the uh, of possession battle. It was that one drive. It was an 11-minute and 21-second drive that ended with the interception. It ended with the Giants uh, on, what was it, the five-yard line or where, wherever they threw that interception for, on fourth and uh, fourth and two from the four. That's why you kicked the field goal there. Yeah. Your offense put up a almost a, a drive that was for the, almost the entire minutes, quarter. It was 11 and a half minutes long. It's basically that's basically an entire football yes, quarter. Correct. That's what the Giants were able to do offensively on that drive. At least get something for it. Don't run the chance of getting nothing. You go up 23-10. You force the Jets to have to beat you with two touchdowns. Instead, you kind of gave the Jets a free pass. They get right down the field, drive stalls, kick the field goal. Still have their timeouts. Defense to their credit gets a three and out. They get the ball back. And the rest is history, as they say, as Fitzpatrick hits Brandon Marshall with 27 seconds left, change the whole complexion of the game. You're, you're right about that. And also, Jake, you said it before. I'm just going to say it again. Let's give a little bit of credit to the Jets' defense there. We were ripping them on them early on in this game for not being the elite defense that they were hyped up to be. But they had to get a stop today late in the fourth quarter for the Jets to get the ball again and drive down for that game-winning touchdown, force the three and out. They didn't even have to burn any timeouts because... The Giants threw the ball on third down. Do you want to hear something about the Jets' Three defense? They pitched a shutout in the second half. There you go. That's all you need to say. Stepped up. You know, there were times they got beat, times they got burned. Odell Beckham had his numbers. But because of Tom Coughlin's decision to go for it and not take the points, the Giants' offense was shut out by the Jets in that second half. Classic bend but don't break defense. Uh, well, actually, they scored, uh, the Giants scored, tw- oh, but they, yeah, didn't sc- they scored 20 in the second Yeah, but they didn't score in the first. So, I mean, the Giants got all their points. It's a good point, Reed. That's, That's our assistant point. producer, Reed Keller. They got all their points in one quarter. Yeah, it's really bad. That was a rough second quarter for the Jets. I was pounding my head against the table. Don't even get me started. But it was rough. at the end of the day, you're not going to beat many teams when your secondary is as bad as the Giants. When you can give your secondary a chance knowing that, hey, the Jets' offense has to score two, not one but two touchdowns on you, you kind of gave the Jets uh, you know, a, a safety net, a fallback on saying, hey, all right, our drive got stalled, we'll kick the field goal. Defense gets it back, offense gives you a chance, and the Giants have been accustomed to blowing these late games late. 
all of a sudden you're right there in this game and the Jets were able to take advantage. I mean, we know what an awful secondary looked like. We just watched it last year, right, Jake? So, I mean, we know exactly. Oh, I lived it. I lived it every game last yeah, year. Yeah, we lived it every game. The only difference between the Giants and the Jets of last year, of course, is that the Giants actually have a competent offense and the Jets last year were a disaster. But, look, I mean, the Giants' offense has been able to keep them in games this year even despite that just brutal, brutal second. I mean, as soon as the, the Jets decided that they were going to throw to Marshall in the red zone, you knew that they weren't going to be stopped. They weren't going to stop them because there was just no way. And one thing about they the Giants, the too. I thought Shane Vereen was going to kill the Jets today. I really did. I thought he'd be the guy that they would expose to Mario Davis with, Calvin Pace, anyone trying to cover uh, the, the star Giants running back in coverage. Shane Vereen can make you pay. And they really didn't go to him as much as I thought they were, especially with the fact that after Odell Beckham Jr., and he had six catches for 149, I mean, Will Ty beat him a couple times. He finished with 70 receptions. And the next Giants uh, leading receiver was Ruben Randall for just two catches and 22 yards. I really thought Shane Vereen was going to kill this Jets team today. He only had two catches for seven yards. So credit the Jets' defense, but I thought that Ben McAdoo's offense was going to try and get Shane Vereen and try and get him out. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And give credit to the Jets' defense. They game-planned well, and they were ready for it. Give them a lot of credit. 607-274-1842. Let's open up our phone lines. We're talking Jets-Giants. Matt in Westport. Matt, what's going on? Uh, the loss to uh, the Giants losing today to the Jets. Does that ruin their whole playoff hopes to, to get to the playoffs this year? Well, man, I think it's an interesting question. I mean, I think it depends a lot on what happens tomorrow night, you know, with the... Uh, with the rest of the division. Well, that's why it was a bigger game for the Jets. I mean, in theory, if the Washington Redskins lose tomorrow to the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants are in the same exact situation they were in a week ago. The only difference is Philly won today, and they're tied with the other leaders in that division. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it right there. I mean, can you uh, how about the Eagles today, beating the Patriots on the road? I mean, who would have thought that they were going to be uh, New England? What, 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 what was the line there? Does it, did, did anybody have the line before that game? That's a good question. I don't know how many point underdogs the Eagles were, but that was one of the most ridiculous games I've ever watched. They were down. upsets ever. They were down fourteen nothing. They scored thirty five unanswered points, and then New England had a chance at the end, and it was just too little, too late. It was a bizarre game. I thought when the uh, Patriots recovered the onside kick, they had a chance. We certainly thought it. They go down and score. Then you had the fumble late in the game as well by Darren Sproles, gives the ball back to New England. Well, I think most people in America go, same old Patriots, they're going to go right down the field and score. But Brady is just a different uh, quarterback when he doesn't have Edelman to throw to and he doesn't have Gronkowski. And Brady did everything he could today. couple hiccups, a couple of drops failed him, especially late in that last drive. Tom Brady today threw 56 times, three touchdowns, a rare two-interception performance from Tom. But this New England offense just looks out of sync without guys like Gronkowski, Guys like Edelman, and Amendola was out there, but he was coming off of injury, and he wasn't your typical Danny Amendola we're accustomed to seeing. I mean, the Patriots made mistakes today that the Patriots never make. I mean, how about the 100-yard uh, interception return for a touchdown? That wasn't that amazing. Ever. Like, that, they nev- that never happens to them. It was One great. One for a touchdown. This, this stuff never happens to the Wingham Patriots, but it happened today. And look, it's tough to win a football game when you give away so many points. I mean, they gave away 14 points. Just like that, Ian, to a team that has been so bad. I mean, the Eagles lost by how many points on Thanksgiving? Like 35 points. For them to go into Foxborough today, this was a road game for them, too. For them to beat New England in New England. Yikes. And how about this? New England opened up as 13-point favorites, as Connor points out, one of our producers. 
13 point favorite. I mean, and we were talking today to our, to our good friend Alex Lebowitz, uh, my, my great assistant sports director here on the Bomber Radio Network, who, and I thought this was going to be a laugher. I was like, how many touchdowns is New England That's true. We, we were joking about it. We were, we, I, I was Well, really think about it. You had the Patriots coming in off a loss. You had them coming in off a loss, and the way they lost last week, I know they didn't have Gronkowski, but I really thought that they were going to be in a situation today where they're at home, they're playing an Eagles team that looked as bad as you could look on Thanksgiving last Thursday. I thought the Patriots were going to smoke them. But, hey, that's why I don't gamble, because things like this do happen. And somehow we probably had what will likely be the upset of the NFL season. With how bad the Eagles are and how good everyone thought New England was, hey, the Patriots are 10-2. and two. They're right now technically the three seed behind Denver and behind Cincinnati. It's unbelievable. How about this, Jake? Right now, the wild card game is slated to be Jets-Patriots. The Jets are in the sixth spot right now. It's Jets-Pats? Right now, it's Jets-Pats. Oh, no. The Chiefs right now are above the Jets, and they're the five seed. They would get Indianapolis or whoever wins the just morbid AFC South. But right now, according to NFL's playoff uh, predictors, thingy-majiggy, whatever, the playoff picture... It is Jets-Patriots. It is. Which would be painful to have to watch in the first round. But my thought process as far as playoffs with the New England Patriots from the Jet fan standpoint is, hey, if the Jets can finish as the five, they wouldn't have to play New England until the championship round. Yep. That was assuming New England would be the one. All of a sudden, at 10-2, and two, you got two other teams in the AFC that are also 10-2. and two. It's no longer assumed that the Patriots will be the one seed. They're banged up. I think some of these injuries, especially today we saw with Gronkowski, are really going to hurt this team down the stretch. They're still the Patriots. They still have Belichick coaching them. They still have Tom Brady quarterbacking them. But this is not the New England Patriots team that started 11-0. Let's take a look. Or excuse me, it started ten and zero. Well, let's take a look at the next four games that they'll have to close the season. They're at Houston, who's been much better of late, but they lost the Bills today. Versus Tennessee, they'll probably win that game. Although I guess after today, who really knows? Then at Jets, at the Dolphins. So I mean, the Patriots could conceivably lose one to two more of those games, realistically. But today, I mean, look, they got they were getting blown out by Philly. And the Eagles, the Eagles just aren't a very good team. That's why Eagles New England was able to come back, and New England finally got it going at the end. They're not a good team at all. The Eagles are terrible. They're lucky they play. The, the Eagles think the Giants think the Redskins stinks, and because of the injuries to Romo and Des Bryant early in the year, and now Romo again, the Cowboys stink. The NFC East is a garbage. It's a garbage wasteland. That's what it is. But you look at where the Patriots are right now, from 10 and 0 to 10 and 2. They allow the rest of the pack in the AFC to come right back to them. And you just read off their remaining schedule. All of a sudden, that game uh, between the Jets and the Pats in Week 16, I thought it might not mean anything to the Patriots because they would have everything locked up. Now, all of a sudden, it will likely mean something to, obviously, the Jets and New England playing for what will likely be a top-two seed in the AFC. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, the Patriots were rolling through their schedule. I mean, they had some tough ones. Um, especially the Giants game, the Bills game was tough as well um, at home. I think that was the Monday Night Football game a couple weeks ago. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Patriots, they, they, this, they're very banged up. And if you talk to any Patriots fan, they'll be like, well, it's just the injuries. You know, you have the Bates. Uh, I didn't realize the New England Patriots were the first yeah, ever NFL team that has injuries at key positions. Not to Give me a break. Fact, not to mention the fact that they have the greatest quarterback of all time. So They got what, beat today. The they, they got beat last week. They tried to blame the officials. This week, they got beat. 
The New England Patriots got beat today, and it was great. It was icing on the cake to a tremendous Jets victory. It was icing on the cake to four years of waiting to get back at the Giants. What the Giants did, they wrecked the Jets' season in 2011. Today, the Jets, in all likelihood, wrecked the Giants' season. And even if the Giants do rattle off a couple wins, they now allowed the rest of the NFC East, as bad as that division is, to come right back right in the middle of the pack again. You got the Redskins right there. Got Dallas tomorrow night. Huge game for Giant fans. Obviously rooting for the Cowboys. And the Eagles, as bad as they are, all of a sudden at 5-7, and seven, they are right there. And another point on the Patriots. Next week they have the Houston Texans. Houston lost today. They own a tiebreaker over the Jets. You would expect the Patriots to get back on track and beat the Texans. Hey, you never know after what happened today. But then you can essentially bury the Houston Texans next week if the Patriots could go into Houston and get that victory. A rare instance where we might actually be rooting for New England. Well, just because the division's out of reach. And I can never root for New England. If they lose again, I'll laugh. I'll enjoy it. But something to think about is we start to think about playoff implications for the Jets going into next week. And how nice is it to be thinking this way again? You know, It's been, what, two or three years at least since the Jets have thought this way? They've played meaningful December football. It's fun again. Thank you for listening to the Asman and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.